very good welcome. I'm very welcomed up on stage. And it is so nice to be here on stage again to be preaching. You know, I just want to say a very good afternoon to Next Gen, to all of you here. You know, I just want to say a warm welcome to the people here in Bethel, the house of God. Welcome back to Bethel. Welcome, welcome to the people over at Bukit Batok. I just want to say welcome also. I agape you. Get it? Agape you. Okay. Woo! Thank you for clapping. Yeah, they get it. I agape you. Okay. And the people all around Singapore watching wherever you are online. Okay. A warm welcome. Welcome back home. Okay. So greetings to all of you. I just wanted to first and foremost appreciate all of you for being here. Like Pastor Joey has already mentioned earlier, you could be shopping. Christmas shopping or your last minute shopping, if you're anything like me, you would be last-minute Christmas, last-minute uh, last shopping for your Christmas uh, gifts. And I just want to appreciate you for being here. Uh, so if you, are and if you are here, it means that you are hungry for the Word of God. It means that you prioritize the Word of God over this last-minute shopping. Okay, so I'm very encouraged by you. So we're going to go into this sermon. And today's sermon, as Pastor Joey alluded earlier, it will conclude this series of God's space. Okay, it's with a question mark, God's space. Okay, this was started two weeks ago by Sister Samantha. Okay, when she talked about making space for ourselves, more specifically on our identity in Christ. So I can't get the mons down a bit, sorry. And then we heard from Brother Gideon last week on making space for others. Okay, when he talked about making space for others, not just being belonging to a community, but also building onto that community. Okay, so making space for others. And today, we'll be talking about making space for our journey of faith as we purposefully seek Jesus. Okay, why don't you join me in prayer as we uh, pray over this session. Father, we thank you for this uh, time where we can sit and listen to your word. Father, even as I speak of your word, I pray, oh God, that you will speak through me. You will use me in this, uh, in this session. And I pray, O oh God, that everything that I speak uh, may it come from you. And if it doesn't, Father, I pray, O oh God, that you'll fall off everyone's uh, ears and hearts. I pray you give us a heart that is willing and open for your word. And today, O oh God, I commit this time into your hands. I commit everyone listening into your hands. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay, so again, um, so I just actually, PJ already said, la, he really spoiled my joke a bit, but you know, so I actually completed another cycle of reservists like literally yesterday, okay? So I outpro yesterday. Uh, yay to me because, okay, <laughs> essentially, right, uh, let me tell you what I was doing in army. So essentially, I was assigned to a manpower branch of the battalion. Okay, so in layman term, right, is the HR of the army. Okay, and as it turns out, uh, a printer is very important in such, a, in such an office. Okay, so we needed to print things like attendance sheet. We needed to print like report sick uh, sheets and, you know, like also the, like the summary of the day. Okay, so for the army guys, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, however, right, this year, there was this problem, this massive problem. Okay, our printer decided not to work. And, and it literally took us three days, four men in a five-day ICT to fix the printer. It's crazy, you know, because... We were, four of us, uh, we were looking for, for the gems, you know, looking for whatever gems that might be in the printer. We were, look, we were turning the printer on, off, on, off, on, off, hoping that the next time we turn off, it will work. 
And then after that, we were we were we did everything like we went to Google. We we tried to Google everything. We tried to to do everything Google suggested, but nothing worked, you know. And finally, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 really cannot already. So we decided to call in the experts. Okay, the experts. And after this guy's inspection, uh, he pinpointed the problem, you know, almost instantly. Uh, he went directly to this thing called a waste toner cartridge. Okay, and this waste toner cartridge was full up. Uh. So basically, as the name implies, uh, this cartridge contains the waste or excess toner, uh, toner that, toner. Oh, sorry, the waste or extra toner that doesn't get used when you print things. Okay, so when you print, not all the toner get used, and all the waste uh, goes into this cartridge. So what he did was he took the cartridge out, he emptied the cartridge, topped up the toner, and voila, printer works. <laughs> so it was like a really like a praise God moment, you know. Like it took us three days to figure out we need to take things out and put things back to make it work. It took us three days, eh? And so in this train of thought, when I was thinking on this idea of God's space, you know, it really is a question, right? A question that guides us to assess ourselves if we have got the space for the important things in our life. Okay, so things like our identity in Christ things like the community around us, and last but certainly not least, if we got the space in our life for Jesus. Because if we don't, then it is high time we start making space for Him. Because until we start emptying the waste in our lives, the addictions in our life, the perpetual sins in our life, the idols in our life, until we start emptying all these things out of our, our waste cartridge, so to speak, then even while God is reaching out to us, you know, even if He's trying to fill us up continuously, we will cease to function properly as true images of God that we ought to be. Okay? So making space for God, right, really means to first shed these waste in our life and start purposefully seeking God. Seeking Jesus to fill ourselves with things that matter. The Word of God, our intentional devotional time with God, our spiritual disciplines. Okay? So again, it is really not enough that we simply remove the waste to make space because if we don't fill these spaces meaningfully with things of God, we will just continue to fill this space again with other waste, with other things that don't matter and we will start malfunctioning again. So the big idea of my message today is as we seek God, we need to purposefully make space for Him. Okay, and today I'll be reading from a passage in the book of Matthew, uh, specifically Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, on the wise man's journey to seek the King of the Jews. Okay, and then we will discover how they made space to seek this newborn King of the Jews purposefully. Okay, so why don't you turn to your Bibles if you have. Otherwise, I believe you'll be on the screen and we'll read the verses together. Okay, Matthew chapter, 12, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 reads, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is this Messiah? Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Judea, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. 
And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back to me and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. He went ahead of them and stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Okay, so this is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Uh, and this is really one of those classic stories of how, you know, the wise men, or in certain versions, the Magi, went on a journey, went on a journey to seek out the birth of the king of the Jews. Okay, and today, out of this story, I'll be sharing some things that we can do as we begin our journey of purposefully seeking Jesus out. Okay, so as we purposefully seek Jesus out, we need to respond to revelation. And that is the first point of my sermon. So as we follow the story of this wise man, right, I think we first need to understand who these wise men were. Okay, first, we go back to, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, like the other translation of, this, uh, of the word wise man. So in NIV specifically, the word magi was used, M-A-G-I was used instead. Okay, so essentially, uh, this word magi was, was actually used to refer to Persian uh, religious leaders. Okay, these were experts at like astrology and were typically understood to be advisors to the kings. Okay, and as such, right, you would imagine that they have some degree of knowledge. Okay, to, to be an advisor to the king, you have to have knowledge. Lah. Okay, and because of how well-read they were, and through their knowledge, uh, they have some degree of wisdom as well. Okay, we also know from verse 1 that these magi, these magi uh, or these wise men were from the east and with many scholars actually believing that they have Arabian or Babylonian origins. Okay, this was based on the gifts that they presented to Jesus and also their sophisticated knowledge of astrology that was native to Babylonians. Babylonians. Okay, so now when you put these things together, about the wise men, when you put all this understanding of the wise men together, now what we gather are that these are not are religious, they are firstly religious, non-Jews who were situated about 900 miles away or about 1,450 1, kilometers away from where Jesus was. Okay, so for some context, uh, 900 miles, right, is slightly more than one-tenth of the diameter of earth. Meaning, uh, if they go, if they do this, this journey 10 times, they will have gone one literal round around Earth. Okay, so that, was, that is the magnitude of, uh, the, of the journey that they went on. Okay, so, and then when we look into verse 2, right, we see that these wise men started their journey on the sighting of this star, right? This is where it gets interesting. I find this interesting. Lah. Okay, so because there are a few... Um, understandings, right, of what this star could be. Okay, one of the possibilities uh, 
is that this star was an actual conjunction of planets Jupiter and Saturn that actually happened sometime around May in 7 BC. Okay, we know this uh, because this was actually recorded by like the Chinese and the Koreans around that time. Okay, and this timing coincides quite perfectly with the birth of Christ. So now let me help you try to understand a bit of the Babylonian worldview. Okay, so according to some commentators, the ancient Babylonian astrology, right, uh, according to their, the, the commentators, this astrology, actually they, they, see, they notice uh, that Jupiter to the, to, to the astrology signs uh, actually represented the star of the king. Okay, so when they see Jupiter, they see they, it's represented by the king. And then they see Saturn, and Saturn represents Jews to them. Okay, so this is what uh, some, again, let me remind you that this is what some commentators believe that the Babylonian astrology believe. Okay, and now imagine uh, if you are one of these wise men who have uh, knowledge to, to, this, to this information, this, the information of astrology, uh, and then you just spotted this conjunction. On one hand, Jupiter, king. On the other hand, Jews. Uh, sorry, on the other hand, Saturn, Jews. Now when you put them together, what they see is king of the Jews is here. So this was what they saw. Okay, and being in a Babylonian setting, right, they were also probably very influenced by the Jewish scriptures through the Jewish community that settled in their homeland. Okay, and therefore, they were probably also very familiar with one of, with a prophecy. So let me show you the prophecy. It is a prophecy from Balaam and it's actually in Numbers 24, 17. I, I see him but not here and now, I perceive him by far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob, a scepter will emerge from Israel, it will crush the head of Moab's people, crash, 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 cracking the skulls of the people of Seth. Now you just imagine with me, uh, all your years of astrology, all your years of astrology studies, uh, and it coincides with this word that you are reading, the prophecy that you have been reading with these Jewish people. And now after all of this revelation, both, both through the Word of God and this literal astronomical sightings. What is next? Now you have all these things, all these wonderful happenings. What is next? And I tell you, and I bring it up to you, that it is time to act. All this head knowledge is pointless one until you put all these things to action. Okay, and for the wise men, what they had, they had to make space Right? They had to make space to answer this call to action. Okay? And for them, uh, specifically for these wise men, that call to action meant a 900-mile trek to seek Jesus. 900 miles. But today, today we have the presence of God residing in all of us. We have the completed canonical Bible to guide us. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us, leading us. But even with having all this access, to divine revelation, to divine guidance, I really wonder how many of us actually make that space in our life to act on this revelation. You know, today I hear many of my friends telling me, oh, if I were to hear uh, and see like a tangible God, if God really like, speak to me in a booming voice or if I can see like, you know, God in the, in the skies or something, then I confirm obey, I confirm listen and believe. But let me remind you of a pair of humans, Adam and Eve, 
who literally walked with God, spoke with God, and witnessed all the miraculous creations by God. But in the end, chose sin. You know, interestingly, I also just had a conversation with this friend during uh, reservist. Uh, and essentially, he asked me, uh, and this conversation was about why I, as a believer, happily accept and do my best to obey all these so-called restrictions as a Christian. You know, from his point of view, he thinks that Christianity is very restrictive. You can't do this, can't do that. And he asked me, why are you okay with that? Why do you preach that? And for me, when I responded, my response was actually quite simple. My response was that, uh, my response was, oh sorry, my response was simple in that I do all these things, I accept all these things, I teach all these things because I know my God is for me. I know my God is for me and I do it out of gratitude. I do it out of gratitude and not obligation. You know, so seeing and hearing God does not guarantee our believing loyalty to God. We must purposefully obey when God tells us to do something. And this is what I mean by responding to revelations. Now, secondly, when we seek Jesus, we must purposefully acknowledge Him as our King. Okay, and we have to go beyond lip service. Okay, so as I was sharing earlier, we have to act on God's revelation, right? And we need to acknowledge our King by our actions. You know, the wise men, uh, upon seeing Jesus in uh, verse 10 to 11, they were filled with joy, you know? So I, I, I wonder how many of you are actually filled with joy when you get the opportunity to, 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 see, to meet Jesus. How many of you are honestly a raise of hand? How many? Okay, maybe, maybe you didn't hear me. I can pretend I didn't say, let's ask again. So how many uh, of you are actually filled with joy when you get to meet Jesus? Come, let's see a raise of hand. Wow! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, so it's so interesting because these guys, these wise men who never met Jesus a day of their life, who don't even have the concept of Jesus. He met baby Jesus and they were filled with joy. Not only that, they bowed down and worshipped the child Jesus and even gave him lavish gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And through these few verses, right, there are two things that I want to point your attention to. Firstly, the wise men lavishly gave gifts. And many scholars mention that these gifts was actually reminiscence of when the Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings 10 actually gave Solomon. Uh, I don't know if you remember, like, the Queen of Sheba gave Solomon this massive amount of gold and spices in acknowledgement of his wisdom as king and of his God. And similarly, when the wise men gave Jesus the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were acknowledging Jesus as the true king. They were acknowledging Jesus as their true king. And in their worship of the baby, of the child Jesus, they recognized Jesus as the God of the Jews. We must acknowledge Jesus purposefully as we seek Him. And that must reflect in our actions what we ultimately give back to Him. Be it your material offering. Okay? What, I hope you know that what you give back to God, you know, even in monetary offering, is very telling of how you perceive God or how you view God. And, how, and it also shows how much you trust Him. 
you know, and even the way you spend your time, okay, how you spend your time, how you make space for God, what you do with your spare time, all these things will tell you how or whether you acknowledge Jesus as your king. You know, secondly, the second observation I want to bring, uh, bring your attention to is that we also note that in the presence of Jesus, uh, you know, in the house, it wasn't just Jesus that the, that the wise man came to. His parents were there as well. But the wise man, as is recorded, specifically chose to worship Jesus and not the parents. They chose to worship Jesus in the midst of his parents. And we need to, to acknowledge the rightful king. Okay, at the end of the day, we need to acknowledge the rightful king, not the things, not the people around the king, not the space where he was born, not the time when he was born. We need to acknowledge the right king. You know, if you were to speak to anyone, like anyone who I have been working closely with the last two months, okay, particularly my fiancé uh, or the Nexus team, you know, the Image Elevate committee members, I cannot really spot you, but you know who you are. Uh, shout out to you, by the way. Wow, it was crazy last two weeks, but praise God for you. You know, you guys are champions, okay? I cannot see you, but praise God for you. I'm going to just... Okay, okay. So if you speak to any of these people, right, um, and you ask them, uh, what is one thing that Aaron is constantly struggling with? I very confidently will tell you. They will immediately tell you one word, reserve is. You know, it's, it, it's so clear to, to, to my leaders uh, that my, my dear DLs, uh, specifically I think Fifth Chung and uh, Regina, they, they, they actually bought, out of the kindness of their heart, bought me a balloon to encourage me, you know, on the last weekend. I, I'm not very expressive. Like, I went home and teared a bit. But, that those things, right, really encouraged me. And they, they, out of the kindness of the heart, they bought this balloon to comfort me before I started reservist. Okay? But over that weekend, uh, before, before reservist, sorry. And, uh, sorry, let, sorry. And in all honesty, right, I could have easily taken the easy way out one. Okay? So I could slack through reservist. Very easy. I just hide my bunk and just ignore everybody. That, that can actually happen. Okay? But over that same weekend, before the reservists, uh, through several people, and also in my own quiet time, God questioned me. Okay? He asked me, how am I acknowledging him as king, as God of my life through this reservists? He asked me, how am I going to acknowledge him? And I made it, and, and in my response to this question, in my response to what God asked me, I actually had to, I actually decided that I'm going to demonstrate excellence in, in that Whatever I do, I work at it with all my heart, as if working for the Lord and not for human master. So if you're familiar, there's actually Colossians 3.23. And so much so uh, that these people, uh, the superiors and all, they, they decided that to put me, you know, I was a first, this was my first uh, ICT. Lah, and they decided to put me in charge of a department. And in that process, right, I was also able to make new friends. Okay, friends, because... Where I work in, right, I'm filled with godly people. So in this place, uh, God actually gave me an opportunity to meet people outside my Christian circle. Okay, I met them and I can tell you for one, I'm definitely going to invite uh, one of them over to church as soon as possible. Okay, but also thanks to this encounter with God, right, in that weekend before, uh, I now see this new responsibility as like an entry point to demonstrate who Jesus is to me. And and also uh, in the same train of thought, who Jesus is to my friends, to these guys. 
And in this last week, okay, I acknowledge Jesus as King by offering the time I had in reservist, by making space in my life to work in excellence despite how much I struggled with it. I made the most of it and in turn have opened more access points to my company mates. And I pray that through this, I, wouldn't, I would be able to celebrate their, their salvation in due time. So please pray with me. But don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I think, uh, I still believe uh, that come next year, my next reserve cycle, I will still struggle with my motivation. I still will. But I am, but above all of this, right, I am still looking forward to being an instrument for the glory of my King. You know, today I want to present you with this same question. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing today, how are you acknowledging God as your King? How are you acknowledging God as your God? What will you offer Him to demonstrate this acknowledgement? Do you, acknowledge, do you uh, offer your time, your effort, or maybe even your material offering? You know, friends, it is actually quite easy to say that as we seek Jesus, right, we must respond to revelation, we must acknowledge Him as our King. It's actually quite easy to say that. And I think most of us, as you are sitting here, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. But do you know that it is actually not that easy to do so. I'm sure you, if you actually put an effort, if you actually try to do all these things, you'll realize that it's not easy. And going back to this story of the wise men, as they were seeking the true king, the king of the Jews, right? There was actually this scheming imposter king in the background, right? This imposter king of the Jew, he was, he was basically uh, the king, the present king. Uh, his name is Herod or Herod the Great known by many. And this was a man uh, who, would just about kill, who, would ju- who would kill just about anyone who he deemed a threat to his throne. Okay, that, that, you know, that included one of his wives and three of his children. This was a man uh, who would kill an entire generation of children just to protect his throne. And so when the wise man had worshipped Jesus, it was, it was a clear indictment of the kingdom of Herod's kingship in Jerusalem. And this very same man would have probably killed the wise men after they revealed where, where they found Jesus. But the story doesn't end there, right? The story doesn't end there. And finally, in verse 12, we see that God himself had warned the wise men through a dream to avoid Herod. And I wonder how many of you know that God will not leave you in the lurch. God will not leave you in the lurch. And at the end of the story, God was close to the wise men in their journey to seek Jesus. God was there to guide them out of their troubles. And God will be there to lead you out of your own heralds. Maybe for some of you, your heralds are like the bad results from your exams. Seek God. Maybe for some of you, your heralds are multiple rejections from job applications. You fill in job applications after job applications, failure after failure. Seek God. And maybe for some of you, your heralds are the multiple disappointments in your relationships. Again, I say, seek God. But maybe some of you, you don't even know why you are studying. 
you don't even know why you are working. You don't even know why this relationship is worth putting an effort. All the more, I tell you, seek God. Jesus was born into this, into a lowly manger. The God Almighty, King of Kings, born into a manger because the world couldn't make space for him. But as a result, he was born into a place where he was close to the people. Jesus was born into a place and position where he can minister to us directly and be with us. Today, when we seek God, when we look for God, we know that we have an advocate that speaks on our behalf. His name is Jesus. Today, when we seek God purposefully, we know that He is near. We know that He listens. And when we stumble onto the heralds that are trying to stop us from fulfilling our calling to worship God, continue to seek God with purpose. And with all heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to speak to two very specific groups. For the people at Bato, uh, this call goes out to you and if you are at home, wherever you are, find your own space and respond directly to the Lord. For the first group of people, these are the people that maybe along the duration of the sermon, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, is convicting you that maybe you have not made the space for God. Maybe you have not made the space for God purposefully that perhaps there are other things in your life that you prioritize over God. Material possessions, recognition, acknowledgement from friends maybe. And if that's you and you know that it is time for me to make space for God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands so that I can acknowledge you and we can pray together. All heads bows, eyes closed. This is your response to the Lord. On count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. One, two, three. See your hands over there. See your hands on the right, on my right. Okay, if you are saying, God, it's high time make space for my life for you. I need to make space for you, Lord. I need to make space for you. If you know that's you, I want to pray for you. See those hands over there on the left? Come, let me pray for you. Father, Lord, you see the hands that has been raised to you. Father, you see their heart and you know their desire to change. You know their desire to come back to you, to make space for you. Father, even as you speak to them, even as you direct their heart, even as you walk with them, I pray, O oh God, that you give them the Holy Spirit, that as the Holy Spirit speaks to them, that they will be able, they will learn to respond to your revelation. They will be able to actively and consciously be able to find you and to be able to motivate themselves by your presence, by what you have done for them. And I pray out of that, Father, that they will learn to find you 
to grow their relationship with you and one day be able to share with others of your great works. Father, I pray that you speak to them. pray that you work in their lives. I pray, oh God, that you help them. You direct their steps as they try, as they learn to make space for you. Thank you, Lord, for these people. We thank you for the work that you have started in their lives. We trust and we trust and know that you will continue to, make, to move on with this work. Father, we commit these people in your hands. In Jesus' name, Amen. The second group of people are those who are in situations where you feel you are trapped by the circumstances around you. You just don't know how or where to start seeking God purposefully. Maybe the circumstance, circumstances around you make it difficult for you to seek God. And if you are saying, God, I want to seek you. God, I need to find you. God, but I don't know how. The things around me are stopping me. My circumstances are stopping me. I am so trapped, God. I need to find you. But I just don't know. And again today, if that is you, you're saying, God, I want to find a breakthrough. I want to find a breakthrough if that is you. All eyes closed, head bowed. On the count of three, can I get you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you? One, two, three. See the hand over there? See the hand on the right? Can you put your hands down on the right side? Thank you. Saying, God, I'm trapped. I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. But I want to find you. I want to seek you. That is you. I want to invite you to raise your hand to respond directly to the Lord. Come, let us pray. Father, we love you. Father, we just want to be with you. But sometimes, God, the things around us make it difficult. Sometimes, God, the things around us make it so hard to seek you. But nonetheless, Father, we know, God, that we are not alone. Father, we know, God, that you are close to us and we want to be sensitive to your presence. We want to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we don't want to just let these circumstances limit us. We don't want to let these circumstances stop us. We want to remember that you are bigger than our circumstances, that you are bigger than everything, any heroes that come before us. Father, we know, God, that you are bigger than all of these things. And we pray, oh God, that you will, that you will continue to, to help us, to support us, even as we try to seek you. Father, we give desperation we offer our lives to you. And Jesus, even for the people who have raised their hands, and for people in, in battle who have raised their hands, and even for people online who follow and listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, may I ask, oh God, that you move our lives. May I ask, oh God, that you direct our steps. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. Father, we just want to come before you. Everything we have, we laid at the foot of the cross. 
give them to you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I don't know, why don't we take this time and why don't you just stand up? Let's stand up and let's worship the Lord in this time of prayer, uh, in this time of song. Okay, let's worship the Lord.